Welcome to the Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 76, Sermon, Who or What is God, and Who Needs Him Anyway, Part 1. In science, we've been reading only the notes to a poem. In Christianity, we find the poem itself, from Miracles, by C.S. Lewis. Good morning. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. You are all wiser than me. I have a PhD in philosophy, and in the process of getting that degree, I made the most foolish decision, and I mean that technically and literally, that a man can make. I chose to abandon my faith in God. For the next 25 years, I lived and taught philosophy as an atheist. I believed there was no God. I became convinced that faith in God is irrational, that God is unnecessary to explain our world and our existence. This is something nearly all, quote, enlightened, scientific, and reasonable people today know. My message to you today is that after 25 years of living and meticulously evaluating that belief system, you, as believers in Christ, know better. I believed in God in childhood, making a decision for Christ when I was five or six years old. But when I went to Bible college to become a pastor, living in that Christian community evoked in me a crisis a profound case of what psychologists call cognitive dissonance. What this led to, practically speaking, was an increasingly failing effort to be a Christian, as that community understood that term. My Christian practice began to feel like an attempt to convince myself I knew something about which I had profound doubts. My solution? To seek truth at all costs even if that meant turning my back on everything I had previously believed. I would no longer be deceived, by myself or by religious fables. Instead, I would look to science and the best of philosophy to find the knowledge, the certainty, I so desperately craved. Surely science and reason would lead me to truth more effectively than Christianity had. I abandoned my belief in God. It was a moment of immense freedom. Freedom from the superstition of theistic belief. Wisdom itself, I thought. Now I was free to think for myself. Why would anyone think we need God? What or who is God anyway? That question is addressed throughout Scripture but nowhere more poignantly than by Moses in Exodus chapter 3. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. 
I am has sent me to you. I am is the first person form of the verb to be. God's claim here is to be being itself, reality itself. Now, as a professor of philosophy, I am quite familiar with a variety of theories about the nature of reality. We philosophers call this study metaphysics when it is speculative, merely a rational explanation. And we call it science when those rational explanations are corrected by real-world experimentation, leading to further speculation and correction, a process designed to align our speculation, our metaphysics, with reality. When that process is successful, we call the result knowledge. Why do we care about this alignment of thought with reality? In a word, because we human beings must act. We are constantly trying to make our way in this world, worrying about tomorrow and next year and next decade. And the more our thoughts about the world align with reality, the more we know, the more effective our actions will be. We plot and plan to bring about desired results for ourselves, for others, and for our world. These are actions. Have you ever stopped to wonder, though, what it means to act? What a miracle human action is? Nature does not act. It reacts. Drop sodium metal in water and the resulting fireworks are completely predictable. We call this a chemical reaction. Plants react to the sun. Animals, driven by instinct and training, react to their immediate environment and stimuli. But reaction is not action. Action is rational, unique to human beings. To act, you aim at a goal that does not exist in the present, the here and now. A goal must be imagined. When we imagine, we think about the possible, not the actual, about a reality that is not in the here and now, but which action, by skillful aiming, aiming guided by thought properly aligned with reality, with being, can realize, make real. In making or realizing, we are creators. Only human beings in all of the natural world can first conceive and through action realize that which is not. We share this capacity with only one other being, if he exists, God. Of course, we create from what is already, whereas God created ex nihilo, from nothing. We then are creators, small c, reflecting the creator, big C. From where, though? If not from a rational source, does the substance of being, of creation, arise? This is the fundamental question of metaphysics. Why is there something rather than nothing? There are only two options. Either being has always been, 
or it has come into being. If we opt for the first, we find an eternal and self-existent reality, the mystery that we in the West call God. If we opt for the second, we are left with the mystery of aliquid ex nihilo, something from nothing. Both options indicate or point to being. Revealed to Moses as Yahweh, the great I Am. But we are not yet done with analyzing what it means to act. To act means to chart a course, to aim beyond the present, the here and now. Thus, to engage in science is action, aiming at that which is beyond us, that which transcends us. Science has been enormously successful in expanding what we know. And, of course, what we know has enabled us to do things previously thought impossible. To fly, to wipe out diseases plaguing our history, to disseminate knowledge through mass media, books, computers, the internet, to shrink our world through travel and transportation, to go to the moon and beyond. All this because we aimed to align our thoughts with a transcendent reality, with what is the case. Science exists only on the assumption that we can align our thoughts with reality. In other words, to act is to aim, based on our current understanding, beyond the present, the here and now, toward a reality that transcends our present, and choose to move forward on that basis. I can think of no better definition for faith. It accords with both our common-sense view of faith and the Bible's explicit declarations, uniting reason, evidence, and action. Faith chooses to chart a course into the unknown in order to know it better to approach the ideal of knowledge, truth itself, being itself. But this being at which both science and philosophy aim is exactly what the God of the Bible claims to be, the ultimate value at which all action aims. I am who I am, in Hebrew, implies all three temporal dimensions, past, present, and future. This is what Yahweh, Jehovah, means. I am. Thus, in answer to my question, who needs God? We can answer without qualification that every human being needs God. He is the ideal we must assume, have faith in, in order to live effectively on this earth even for those who choose not to call this necessary assumption God. In following this trail, however, we might easily overlook something of earth-shattering consequence. We have discovered that to search for being, as in science, metaphysics, even everyday activity, we must believe in a transcendent reality to which our thoughts should ideally conform. Belief, like imagination and action, 
is only possible for rational creatures. So underlying everything we have already discussed is rationality itself. But what is rationality? Again, Scripture speaks directly to this issue when we understand it properly. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. John 1, 1 1-3 The Greek for word here is logos, from which we take our current English word, logic. It can be translated as both word and reason in English. Reason is expressed through language. In Genesis, God spoke the world into existence, echoed here in John's Gospel. The essence of language is the concept, a one over many. We can talk about this tree only by referring to all trees and the concept tree, a unity of diversity, an ideal tree. This is the magic of language, of concepts. They allow us to grasp the infinite multiplicity of experience in an ideal unity, and by doing so, allow us to bring order, structure, meaning, and value into specific and everyday realities. Flowers, trees, cars, and people. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening and remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.